Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, the pastor at St. Benedict the Moore Parish in the Hill District, and also the pastor at St. Mary Magdalene Parish, serving the communities of the East End, Point Breeze, Homewood, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh. This morning we are taking a closer look at how the Church is meeting new challenges and strengthening Catholic education in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Regional governance of elementary schools began in the North Hills back in 2017, where it has stabilized enrollment and finances. In this model, all parishes in a region support Catholic education and have a voice in the school's mission. As these changes were underway, the pandemic has created new challenges, which teachers, students, and parents meet head-on in the past year. It's not been very easy, but our Catholic schools have remained open with only brief closures and with the teachers and the students staying safe. All this time, Catholic educators continue to work to fulfill the mission of passing on the faith and helping our young people learn, love, and live Jesus with the ultimate goal of getting to heaven. To talk about this very important task is Michelle Peduto, who is our Diocesan Director for Catholic Schools, and Sharon Lockram-Brown, who is the Administrator of the South Hills Region. Michelle and Sharon, good to have you back this morning on Catholic Education Plus. Great to be back, Father Tom. No, no. Obviously, uh, we've heard a lot of uh, news coverage recently about uh, the school mergers and closures and uh, some resistance. Michelle, last month you announced the two mergers of the four schools in the South Region. Can you take us inside what happens once a decision is made to begin to bring uh, the people together and, and moving forward? Sure can. We, form, we immediately form an implementation committee comprised of uh, parents from both schools, representatives from both schools. So, so we bring those folks together. Sharon can probably give you the, the, uh, the absolute process because she's involved in it very much right now for both mergers. And mm-hmm. it's a very important process because we start to work with each other. Um, we w- start to work together to talk about both schools, talk about how they can come together as one, and the various things that go on in that process. And I would turn it over to Sharon to articulate what that actually looks like. I know she just had a meeting last night and has another one tonight. Okay. So, Sharon, you want to tell us a little bit about the implementation process of merging St. Margaret of Scotland uh, in Greentree and St. Philip's in Crafton and also St. Gabriel the Sorrowful Virgin in Whitehall and St. Elizabeth in, uh, of Hungary in Pleasant Hills. Sure. So, as Michelle said, 
immediately following the announcement, we did form that implementation committee. And so we now are uh, in the third week of having those meetings where we meet weekly. We um, have different tasks of um, some each things that are brought into it and we form a timeline. Um, it is the two communities truly coming together. So the first part we try to do is make sure that we understand what a merger really is. And it's not one community absorbing or even welcoming the other community into their school. It is a total remaking of a new school and bringing two communities together. So what we've accomplished in these short three weeks is both kind of arranged tours of the campuses for the families. Um, one was this past Sunday and one will be this Sunday. Um, I think today when this airs, we right, also discuss the pro- right. It will, <clears throat> we will, um, discuss a process for providing recommendations to Bishop Zubik for naming the schools. And that is exciting because it involves the kids. And we have registration opened, the principal search, and um, interviews, um, which the implementation committee will be um, a part of, has been determined. And then, most importantly, is following each of these meetings, we send out weekly communications to the families to answer their questions when we can, um, at least where we are in the process. And obviously, from a pastor's point of view, I uh, St. Mary Magdalene is a recent merger. Uh, last January, January 6th of 2020, I brought three communities together, three very different communities, uh, St. Bede and Point Breeze, St. Charles along and Homewood, St. James and Wilkinsburg. And we, have been, we had been working for the last two years, as Bishop Zubik was implementing on Mission for the Church Alive, about merging and coming together and blending uh, traditions and communities together, and being that they're so close to each other. And even after the merger took place officially, and we had a new name of St. Mary Magdalene uh, last January, it's been a full year and three months, and it takes time. It takes time for people to get used to one another. New friendships have developed, and and such as in the parish model, whenever you merge school communities, as you said, it's not one taking over the other, but you're blending. You're blending families. You're blending faculty and staff and sports and traditions together. And obviously, when you merge schools, um, you take on a whole new name and a whole new mascot and identity, but you carry the traditions of, of two communities coming together, and it takes time. Would you agree with that, Sharon? Absolutely. That's part of the goals um, of these committees. And, of course, we start small, and then we will build. So this Mm -hmm. is the start of what will become the School Advisory Council for the new schools, um, a PTG, an athletic association, and we start moving in that direction. Um, We have five months until we open the doors of these new Mm -hmm. schools, which a lot has to happen when you open a school. And um, it's exciting as we see progress being made and being able to communicate it as we move forward to do just that. Right. And and obviously, you know, that some people are so territorial or, you know, resistance on change. But it's just, I mean, it, as the parishes are coming together and the schools are coming together, 
you know, we can't look backward, but all we can do is look forward and be hopeful. And and being that, you know, regardless, like uh, Whitehall and St. Gabriel's and Whitehall, St. Elizabeth's and Pleasant Hills, they're so close to one another there in the South Hills. But a lot of the, the kids know each other and families know each other because mm-hmm. the communities are so close-knit together and, and similar with Green Tree and Crafton, Ingram area, too. I mean, they overlap with one another right, literally right next door. So um, new, new families, traditions, and friendships can develop, and there's a lot of exciting possibilities uh, if they come together. Now, Michelle, the diocese is moving from a parish-based elementary school to the regional schools because there are fewer children, smaller parish subsidies, and also the higher cost. Can you talk about the successes that you're seeing in the North Hills and also in my area, uh, the Pittsburgh East region? Oh, yes, we are seeing successes. And it is, um, it, there's a unity in these regions, too, a unity of you know, staff working together, of administrators working together, of families working together. There's also centralization of the finances, and um, we're, we're better able to go out and get grants, to go out and get things for the regions. It's done very much at that level. So we've seen great success in stabilization, particularly in the north, because that would be our senior region, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's it's certainly manifesting in the east as well. It's just, um, it's really quite a fine governance system. And, and I do want to separate out re- regionalization from restructuring. Those are two very different things. And we often use them interchangeably. But the restructuring occurs within the region. It's not the regionalization process. The regionalization process is a complete change in the governance model um, with the regional administrator administering over all of the principles in that region and then a board uh, that sits meets monthly and discusses the various pieces. And they cover things like marketing and development and... um, they also have a little governance committee as well. So it's, it's, it's a very, very structured model and seems to be working very well. I, I do want to, if I could, just jump back for one second when we were talking about bringing communities together. And I think the important thing to note <clears throat> is that when you go into a newly formed school in late September, when they've already come together, the children do a wonderful job of blending and making new friends. And they, they assimilate very well. They work together very well. And I think they come together as community. It's a, it's a struggle for, the, for adults sometimes. But I think children are really leading the way in this. And we... We have our little motto that says Catholic schools lighting the way, and I, I would say in this case it's the children that light the way and remind us of um, what it is to be community in Jesus. So I, I did want to add that to Sharon's comments. Yeah, definitely. And, and Sharon, we have a minute left. Do you want to add anything to what Michelle just uh, commented on, the children? Um, it Which is so true. The children... Um, just to see how they they develop, how they start out, and they begin new friendships right from the beginning of the school year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Even in the merger of Ave Maria, which we uh, mm-hmm. started this year, and in the middle of a pandemic and trying to open, we have seen the success of the children there, and it's also been um, 
gratifying to see that as registration has opened, people are paying attention. We actually have 120 new families that um, are registered for Ave Maria in um, the South region. So I think that our children and our families all are coming together, and it is possible, of course, um, with God, everything's possible. Right. Okay. Well, we will focus a little bit more on Ave Maria uh, in the next segment. We're going to take a break. We have lots more to cover. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke on KDK Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, the pastor at St. Benedict the Moore Parish in the Hill District and St. Mary Magdalene Parish in the East End, Point Breeze, Homewood, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh. And this morning, I'm really honored to have Michelle Peduto, who is our Diocesan Director for Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, and Sharon Lockren-Brown, who is the Administrator of the South Region. And we are talking about um, the regionalization and, and meeting uh, new challenges and new beginnings uh, with, with our, our schools in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Now, as we mentioned, Sharon, just before the break, um, one of your success stories this year with the South Region has been Ave Maria Academy, one school with two campuses, and that's St. Bernard's in Mount Lebanon and St. Thomas More in Bethel Park. Can you tell our listeners about that wonderful new school and, and how it's been working out this year? Well, as I said, it, I, I believe it's a success story in terms of um, people in the communities noticing um, what we have been able to do through the pandemic and are responding to that. But it is a um, a unique model in that it is one school with two campuses. And so um, that is in itself sometimes a challenge when you're trying to build community. And yet we have sports teams that have students from both schools that are both campuses, I should say, from the one school that play on teams. Our parents have been amazing in that school, um, coming up with unique and um, creative ways to um, raise funds for that. They have coming up um, a Shamrock Shuffle, which is a fun virtual run that I actually, or walk, because I didn't run, um, but I have that coming up um, as one of their fundraisers. It's really been exciting to watch that school um, move forward this year. And just to clarify, Sharon, so uh, both, it's one school, Ave Maria School, but it has two campuses, Bethel Park and Mount Lebanon, but both both campuses have preschool through eighth grade. It's not like um, like a lower school and an upper school at you know, no, building. correct. It is preschool okay. through eighth in both buildings. And it's working. It's where they have one principal. Okay, wow, that's great. And they're getting ready for St. Patty's Day this coming week and doing the, the Shamrock Shuffle. I, I like that idea. That's great. Yeah, it's fun. Now, Michelle, the big picture, It's it's been a year since the start of the pandemic. Of course, we're coming up on the one year. Um, I'll never forget last Monday, March the 16th, uh, 2020, is when everything shut down, the schools and the churches. Um, our Catholic schools have been models in terms of staying open and serving families. Uh, you and your your principals, your regional directors, the faculty and staff have just done a remarkable job. Can you reflect back on this journey of this past year? I know it's it's been it's kind of been amazing, but one year in the making. But you've you've you, your team has has done you know, leaps and bounds through through the challenges. 
Well, and that's the key word. It's team. It is team, mm. 100%. It is um, the work of the teachers has been phenomenal. Now, I remember March 13th sitting, actually sitting in the diocesan offices as the governor came on and announced the closures. And we mm. uh, sat there, it was probably 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And at that point in time, we thought, like everyone else, oh, a couple weeks. You know, and I think the original order was for April 1st. So we thought a few weeks. Well, our teachers were up and running on Monday, as you, uh, as, as I know that you're aware. They were up with just cr- really crafting that, uh, crafting the airplane as they were flying, as they say. But they were absolutely doing that. And so we met those challenges. But the challenges didn't end because obviously that closure was extended through the, the end of the school year and then over the summer, teachers, principals, maintenance people worked so hard to get our schools ready because we were determined from June, from the end of June, we were determined to open those doors in late August, early September, which we did do. Um, but it's hard to look back because it was such a day-to-day process. You didn't know from one day to the next, what you were going to hear from local government, what you were going to hear from the health department. Um, everyone was glued to the television to see what CDC was saying, what, what are all the health departments saying. There was a great deal of fear, and, of course, there still is, because we know how many lives we've lost to this virus. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a lot of listening, a lot of just engaging with people constantly, parents, um, teachers, um, administrators, to be sure we were all supporting each other and whatever was needed, we were supporting each other. It was an incredible time. It was a time when our faith really became the guiding light through it all. And over and over again, I remember thinking, and I think I said this, Sharon may testify to this, but I, in many of our meetings, it would be, be not afraid. Be not afraid, because that was our greatest enemy. In addition to the very real virus, it was the fear. So, and it was it was coming at us from all angles. You just couldn't Absolutely. escape it. And, and our teachers were, to say our teachers and principals were heroic. I think you only need look at the national landscape to see how heroic the Catholic school teachers were. Mm-hmm. They went in. I mean, they. They double masked. They, we took incredible precautions, but they went in to teach, and that was their primary focus, their primary goal to be sure our children had instruction through all of this to create some form of normalcy that would give security to our, to our children because they had a focus every day. It wasn't exactly as it was before, but children, as I said before, do adapt. And so they did adapt to, to what we were doing. I, I can't say enough about our, our just the incredible teamwork, but, but the lessons we learned about faith and how God sees you through, I think most people would agree with that, that it was just a, we couldn't have done it without God. We no, just couldn't without not. prayer. Just could not. Could not. And it, it's just so remarkable are, how flexible, you know, that 
the, the families, those who wanted instruction and those who wanted virtual, they had that option. But the schools were mm-hmm. open. The teachers were there. The principals were there. The parents helped. You know, we had the extra cleaning and janitorial staff to make sure everything was safe. And, I mean, we're continuing to do that. We're not, Obviously, we're not out of the woods just yet. But as mm-hmm. more people are getting vaccinated and uh, things are starting to open, you know, it's just remarkable how... I, it's a true test of faith to, to get through this, and, and um, I'm sure it's, it's you know, um, for both of you this past year, it's poised you for the future that any other challenges coming up, obviously, you can't, you know, don't have a directive for that, but it does help you to kind of be flexible and say, hey, we can do this. Now, we just have about a minute and a half left. Uh, one final question for both of you. As parents consider where to enroll their children for the fall, why are Catholic schools uh, worth a look? Uh, Michelle, you want to give us a, a brief thing, and then we'll finish up with Sharon? Okay, I'll try to be brief to get by the Okay. <laughs> our Catholic schools provide, introduce your children to a daily engagement with Christ, and that stays with them for the rest of their life. That lights a spark in them that no matter what happens, they, whether they, what path they take, that spark, the light of Christ, is in them. Mm. And I, I think that's, that's the reason to choose Catholic education. I do. I, that's our primary focus, our primary goal. And Sharon? Well, I don't think we could top that. I think that, <laughs> as you started, that um, every day our children have the opportunity throughout the day to learn, love, and live Jesus. That's our mission, and that is what um, we do every day, and we do it very well. Mm-hmm. We, of course, have great academics and lots of extracurricular. Um, we hope to bring most of those back, but I think that the main reason that we exist is why <clears throat> our Catholic schools are worth taking a look and um are lighting the way. Sharon Lockerman-Brown, Administrator for the South Region, and Michelle Peduto, our Diocesan Director for Catholic Schools. Thanks for being with us this morning. We'll Thanks be back for in a moment. Me. Thanks. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke on KDK Radio. This week in our Plus segment, we are featuring the fourth Sunday of Lent, and we're coming towards the middle of the halfway point of the Lenten season, uh, Latari Sunday or Rejoice Sunday. And the gospel for this Sunday is from John 3.16, very familiar, God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, one of the most popular uh, scripture passages in sacred scripture. And the the gospel really reflects us, um, as Jesus tells Nicodemus, that the Son of Man will be lifted up on a cross. Faith in Christ frees us from the death and restores us to new life. Uh, four weeks into this Lenten season, we're likely to have occasions when we have given in to temptation or have fallen. Or we feel like we're having uh, a lot of crosses to bear. Those who follow Christ's light fully will generously find that their lives will be lifted up by His grace, His peace and love and freedom that heals us spiritually and forgives us and strengthens us. So we're halfway through the Lenten season. Hang in there and lift up our cross and come and follow Him. Have a great uh, two weeks, and we'll be back. Once again, thanks for listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke on KDK Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.